This is Radio Influence. Need to get your football fix on all things Army, Navy, and Air Force? This is Yards and Stripes on Radio Influence. Here's your host, Price Atkinson. All right. Welcome in to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Price Atkinson here with Yards and Stripes, your host all season long. As we have had one fantastic and fun year with Yards and Stripes partnering with our 2007 broadcast partner, RadioInfluence.com. You are listening live as we are live from USA's Radio Row in downtown Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, site of tomorrow's 118th Army-Navy football game. Cannot wait to do it, but appreciate everybody tuning in to us live right now on TuneIn Radio, wherever you are around the country. Just thank you so much for what you all have done to make Yards and Stripes your home for Service Academy football all season long. Army, Navy, and Air Force, that's what we do, and that's what we have done and try, I have tried to bring to all of you this season. So as we get ready to launch, we will be live here from 12 to 2 at the Convention Center in downtown Philadelphia. Again, if you miss this, you can go back. We will have the podcast up just a little bit later in the afternoon. So don't worry, never fear. This is your home for the Army-Navy football game. As we've got news, interviews, coaches' audio, we've got all kinds of things to bring to you here over the next two hours from the Convention Center in downtown Philadelphia. But we're going to start off with one of Philadelphia's own right now, Vince Papali. Mr. Papali, thank you so much for joining us. You remember him from the movie uh, is played by Mark Wahlberg, Invincible, as he was a former Philadelphia Eagle, walked on, made the team, tried out, and it was one of the most inspirational sports movies of all time. Vince Papali, the man himself, welcome in. Well, it's great to be here, Price. Thank you very much. And hello, Baltimore. Uh, we've got some uh, a lot of Joe Flacco fans up here in Philadelphia area. So, Yep, we, we absolutely do. And yeah, there we go. we got your uh, mic right there. So. Uh, so we're going to talk with Mr. Vince Papali right here for you know the next few minutes as we are in the city of brotherly love, and this really this special place that we are at. Um, just talk about your city hosting this Army Navy game. This is a staple of Philadelphia. Yeah, uh, the city of Philadelphia is very proud of this event. You know, as they should be. I know where it's the 119th year, and I remember Price as a kid going to the game at the old municipal stadium, which was a 110,000-seat stadium. At the time, they used to have stock car races there. And I had gone to that game with my dad yep. and tremendous memories. And one of the things that I remember the most about it was the, page- the pageantry and the march in and the tremendous amount of pride uh, that, that they had, you know, in, in the uh, service academies. And, and I think what's really, uh, really exciting, and I think what we really need right now, you know, there's so much history in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much, I was in Boston yesterday doing an event, ironically, at uh, Gillette Stadium. And the history, you know, this is where the birthplace of America. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and it's ironic and fitting that it's coming here again this year in a time where we really think we need everybody to come together as one and unity is one country, you know, representing the greatest three letters in the world, and that's USA. And that's what these two and all the service academies represent. So, you know, for it to come back to Philadelphia, it's a big day, a lot of galas. I know the hotels, the hoteliers, all everybody else loves it. But also the fans love it, and there's a lot of passion behind it. And it's certainly the patriotism and gallantry and pageantry. You can't, it, 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 it just can't be beat. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I guess, uh, you know, is you're a Philadelphia native, a staple right here in Philadelphia, right. played for the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, what is, 
What is it that stands out about this game, you know, to you where, you know, it's not one of those college football playoff games. It's not one of those, you know, uh, nasty, bitter rivals. I mean, what is it that's so different about what I think is, and I've said it, and I've said it all year here on Yards and Stripes, the most special rivalry in all of sport? Well, certainly it's about the pride that's evolved, you know, with mm-hmm. the two service academies that are playing. And that certainly is with, with it, everybody comes out a winner. You know, the, as George Foreman says, the victory is in the participation in that game. But, you know, aside from that, it's all that passion and pageantry. Right. pageantry. And it's the Super Bowl. It's their Super Bowl. You know, and, and, and it's almost like in, in Philly, we have this uh, basketball challenge, the basketball championship called the Big Five. That's right. You know, remember, you know I mean, so, uh, so the Big Five, it's like, you know, if we won the Big Five title, that's a big thing. Well, mm-hmm. for them, if they win this game, that, that's a huge thing without a doubt. So you bring all those things together in a national audience and, and then you bring in USA. You can't beat it. When was your first experience with the Army Navy game that you've been to? I guess I was about eight years old, <laughs> you know. And yeah, yeah that, that, as you as you go to the stadium tomorrow, you'll see the Wells Fargo uh, Center. That's right. That's where the stadium was mm-hmm. uh, when we played those games. And I remember going there not only just for the Army Navy game, but for the stock car races. Right. And I I got big time in the stock car and not NASCAR as a result of that. But my first memory is gone down there with my dad, mm-hmm. and uh, here I am. I'm, I, you know, I, I wish I could take my son tomorrow and. And uh, but he's been to one before with me, but he's at the University of Delaware, right? And he's actually they've got some recruits coming in, so he's got to be showing some recruits around. But uh, it, it's it's just fun, you know. And and uh, all the parties you can't beat. I'm going to a great gala tonight, which is going to be unbelievable. Oh, we're going to have a great time. The oh, yeah. gala is one is you I know have been before. This is one really special event you get to go to with the bands and uh-huh. the cheerleaders and, you know, everybody that's there that just, it, you're ready for football when you walk in there. Yeah, it's just you are. so much excitement and adrenaline as we continue with Vince Papali here. Um, you know, how did, let's go to the movie because i watched your movie and I say your movie because it is about you, Mr. Papali. I have watched your movie so many times. It is one of the most inspirational in sport. I mean, you cannot walk away ready to go run 15 miles or try and go try out for an NFL team the minute you turn it off. Well, I don't know, Price. I wouldn't call it my story. I call it our story. Sure. You know, imagine you, you, you and you, here you are. I mean, you're broadcasting nationally, you know, and all the things that you're doing. Did you ever dream that you would do this, Mark? I mean, you know, would you ever dream that you'd be doing this, you know? And that's the same thing with me. I, you know, I dreamed it, but I never really thought I'd get that shot. Sure. And then at 30 years old, not having played college football, uh, coach didn't know who I was. You know, it was just a, a, all comers, free for all, you know, and, and I was there, and then uh, I, I had I had the track experience. I was a decathlete. I was a track coach. I was a football coach. I played semi-pro football. I had a stint in the World Football League. So uh, even though I didn't play college ball, I, I sort of had that confidence that given the opportunity, mm-hmm. I can do it. But, hell, I'm 30 years old. Yeah. You know, then the college football stigma, that, that certainly was something. And my high school coach, uh, he gave me this great quote. He said, happy are those who dream dreams and are willing to pay the price to make your dreams come true. Yeah. And I said, you know what? I paid the price. Why not? Why not this shot? Why not me? And uh, and Dick, there it was, and he gave it to me. And 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 here we are, the best of friends. I just showed a picture of of Coach with Coach Reeves. I was just with him the other night. Wow. Uh, he came to my son's football game at the University of Delaware the other day, a couple of weeks ago when they were playing. I mean, this guy is part of our family, and uh, and I love him to death. And. And uh, he's changed my life. I wouldn't be here talking to you if it weren't for Dick Vermeil. Absolutely. And as you know, you look up to people. You, you know, I call you Mr. Papali because oh, I, I, yeah, I was going to tell you look about up that. to you. Train train that way as a Southern boy. But yeah. you know, Vince, uh, your story 
I, I have a hard time not not seeing the parallels, especially with service academy football players, because a lot of times, kind of like yourself in a way, you were counted out. Right. And some of these kids that are playing at Army, Navy, Air Force, you know, they've always been counted out because they maybe weren't big enough. They weren't maybe heavy enough. They maybe weren't fast enough, but they wanted to play Division One football. And yet here they are. You know, they play against Notre Dame. They play in bowl games. But in this kind of game, they – they have succeeded. All the kids that are going to be on the field, they've overcome, you know, somebody telling them they can't do it a lot like yourself. Yeah, and that's what it is, you know, and that was one of the things that, uh, that was told me, you know, you can't do it. Why can't you do it? Well, you don't have the right, res- you don't have the right resume. Right. You don't have the pedigree. You know, you didn't play college football. And these kids, you know, well, you can't get, you, don't, you, you, did, you just don't have what it takes. And if you buy into that, then forget about it. You're a loser. But the kids in the academy, they don't buy into that. And that's why every one of them's a winner, no right. matter what, whether they play athletics or not. But physical fitness is a major part of that, you know, and that's what you've got to be physically fit to be a soldier. Right. And uh, and, and that's so important. And I just applaud everybody who's made that commitment to go to the service because it goes beyond that, you know. And and I'm, I know my son, Vinny, uh, and, and I have a daughter, Gabrielle, that was, it's went to Syracuse. But uh, Vinny, you know, his passion is if he doesn't get that shot in the NFL, he wants to be a Navy SEAL. You know, and, and he's been highly impacted by people in the military, as we are, and we're big supporters of it. You know, just showing this, you know, the Travis Mannion Foundation. It was, yeah. You know, Travis is a Navy guy, Brandon Mooney, and he were, were teammates, and, uh, you know, he got taken out in, in Iraq, and his dad's a good friend of mine, and this foundation started for Gold Star families, right. you know, and so there's going to be a lot of passion there for that side of things, you know, and everybody has their story, and to go right back to what you said, Price, that, that's what Invincible is. It's everybody's Absolutely. story when, when they said it can't be done. And I, I'm proof that it can be done. Right. And it's as simple as that. But don't put me on a pedestal. You know, I'm, I'm not that guy. Uh, but I'll, I'll be there for you if you ever need me. That's the way it looks. Yep. As we get ready to wrap up here with Vince Papali, the former Philadelphia Eagle. You remember him from the Hollywood blockbuster Invincible, played by Mark Wahlberg. You can check out his website, VincePapali.com. Last question. You mentioned Travis Mannion. One of my wrestlers is when I was in SID at the Naval Academy going back, uh, you know, several years back. Travis was one of my, a guy that I knew well, knew uh, his family. You and, you know, we ventured, featured him on our Faces of the Fallen segment that we do finishing up every where we remember a former student athlete from Ar- Army, Navy or Air Force who's given the ultimate sacrifice. But we've talked about the Travis Mannion Foundation. Just tell us what it means to you. Oh, it means so much. He just gave me chills and I'm starting to well up because of his father, Tom, and the friendship that we have. You know, we all met through this foundation and what they do for the Gold Star family, if Gold Star families, you know, and, and, and Tom and and his family, you know, and Tom Noni lost his son. He lost his wife two years later uh, to Janet. He lost his wife, Janet, to uh, to cancer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I'm a cancer survivor. So there's a lot of things, wow. you know, with Tom and I that resonate. I couldn't make his gala last night because I was in Boston doing an event. But I'll be with him tomorrow for the game. And, and uh, hey, you know, when there's another guy at the academy, I know, you know, Bryce McDonald. Yes. And uh, Bryce yep. is a good buddy of mine, as are some of the guys. And a special shout out to Bryce because he's featured in my second book. Uh, be invincible. Yep. Uh, you know, if you know his story, it's a tremendous story. And uh, 
he's somebody you look at. If you need some real-life hero, heroes, look at Bryce McDonald. He's one right there for you. Absolutely. Well, Vince Papali, it's been an honor, an absolute pleasure to meet you in person. I feel like I know you from having watched that movie so many times, but you know, from all of us here and all our listeners, Yards and Stripes, just thank you so very much for a few minutes. It's an honor. What an honor. Thanks, Bryce. And go USA, the greatest country in the world. That's it. I was going to get a winner, but you, everybody is a winner tomorrow. Yeah, so, thank you. As you heard, Vince Papali, the former Philadelphia Eagle, uh, tried out for the team. Just what an honor to have Vince Papali here joining us on Yards and Stripes live from the Philadelphia Convention Center and USAA's Radio Row, site of the 118th Army-Navy football game tomorrow. So when we come back, we're going to hear from one of the coaches. We'll hear from Coach Jeff Munkin. Uh, specifically, you know, about what it's like to play the special feeling of playing this iconic game in Philadelphia. We will hear from Coach Jeff Munkin, the head coach of the Black Knights, just in a second. When we come back, right here on Yards and Stripes. Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football like we have done all season long. The 118th Army-Navy football game going to be played tomorrow afternoon at Lincoln Financial Field. That's again a three o'clock kickoff from the link. But Price Atkinson here on USAA's Radio Row live. Again, we will be live from right now, obviously up until 2 p.m. And you can tune us in. We've got interviews coming up. Uh, we've got the Wounded Warrior Project coming up here in just a short little bit. We've got Rick Neuheisel, former head coach at, uh, at UCLA, uh, also Sirius XM analyst. That'll be coming up here at about 1.15. But in the next segment, in about 10 minutes from now, we'll talk with Wounded Warrior Project CEO Mike Lennington. So we got a whole lot more coming up for you as well, especially a special one uh, here in a little bit. Uh, we'll talk with the folks from USAA who have made this all possible. That'll be in the final 30 minutes of the show. But uh, a couple thank yous want to get out of the way again really quickly. USAA certainly for being the title sponsor of Radio Row here at the Army-Navy game. And certainly my man Jason Floyd producing this live broadcast here of Yards and Stripes, which will be podcasted back online just after we get done here officially at 2 o'clock. But appreciate Jason Floyd uh, having us up and running with RadioInfluence.com, our 2017 broadcast partner all season long, as you heard during that break, just an array of awesome programming that you can hear every single week on RadioInfluence.com. There is nobody that does it better in this space than what Radio Influence and Jason and Jerry do out of Tampa, Florida. But again, Price Atkinson here in downtown Philadelphia talking about Army and Navy getting ready for that game tomorrow. And we're going to bring you some audio and let you hear from some of the coaches here as we move through uh, yards and stripes until 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. But this week, uh, the coaches talked with the media, and then last week as well, uh, especially the Army-Navy press conference. But the coaches were talking about just how special this game is in Philadelphia. Let's hear from the head coach of the Army Black Knights, Jeff Munkin, talking about the special feeling he gets when this game is played right here in Philadelphia. Every one of these games that I've been a part of has been special. And uh, it's that's, I think, what is... It's the thing I enjoy the most about this game, that each year you, you go back into that stadium and you get prepared for the game and the, the, the same feelings 
start to to come back as you as you get closer to the game and then when when for me when I've walked into that stadium it's always felt the same there's a, there's a there's an electricity and an energy in that stadium that it, it's really indescribable uh maybe everybody else doesn't feel it and maybe it's just the the people that are are on the field and and have to compete that feel that energy uh differently than everybody else but it's uh it's a great game it's i know it's it's two teams that are going to battle it out as hard as they can on every snap for 60 minutes it's fun to be a part of a game like that and it, it's uh it, it it's really a privilege for all of us that are involved in this game to be able to represent the people that we do um by by wearing our team colors and I think that's the thing that makes this rivalry the best. Not uh not just the game itself but but all those that are represented. As you heard there Jeff Munkin the head coach of the Army Black Knights and you know it is a special place. Philadelphia is the home of the Army Navy game. It rotates uh, between several of the other cities. It rotated just this past year uh, back down to Baltimore last year where we were at. Uh, had a great time down there but back to Philadelphia this year and again next year and it'll be played. It won't go back to New York uh, until that game is played. I believe it's 2021 is the next time the Army-Navy game will be played outside of Philadelphia. But all the host schools do just, I mean, in cities do a fantastic job. But the folks with the Philadelphia uh, Sports Commission right here, you know, Larry Needle and company, those, these guys, this place is the home of the Army-Navy game. It just has a different feeling when you're here in downtown Philadelphia. But again, Price Atkinson tuning in. Uh, appreciate everybody listening right now up until 2 o'clock Eastern. We'll have Mike Lennington coming up uh, from the Wounded Warrior Project. But before we do that, let's just go ahead and set the table real quick about this game. Uh, we'll talk about the Wounded Warrior Project in the next segment. But setting the table for this game, you know, coming up tomorrow, again, a 3 o'clock kickoff. Certainly, it will be seen on CBS. And it's a game that the Army Black Knights come into this game 8-3, and three, while the Navy Midshipmen 6-5 and five, as the Mids have lost five of their last six games. But the Black Knights had a six-game winning streak snapped in the regular season, well, I won't say the regular season finale. This does feel like a bowl game. But in their last outing, they lost a game down at North Texas, and it was one shootout and a half, folks, as the Mean Green got a 52-49 to victory over the Black Knights. That was on November 18th back down in Denton. And as I mentioned, snapped an eight-game winning streak that the Black Knights were on. They hadn't tasted defeat since a narrow loss September the 23rd at Tulane. 21 to 17 so a team despite losing that last outing boy the black knight just come into this game with all kinds of momentum as one thing we're going to really get into here as we move through the show this one folks the army navy game is for a lot of bragging rights but this one tomorrow this one is for the commander in chief trophy and this is one of those rare times it's one of the first times it's the first time since 2012 and just the seventh all-time meeting between these two schools where the Commander-in-Chief trophy will be, in fact, on the line with the winner of the game bringing home the CIC trophy. And it's a trophy that the Black Knights have not had at West Point. They have not housed that trophy there 
up on the Hudson since going way back to the 1996 season. So a whole lot on the line. Uh, bragging rights are always at the forefront, but when you have a commander-in-chief trophy that is literally up for grabs tomorrow, again, as I mentioned, this doesn't happen very often, just the seventh all-time meeting when the commander-in-chief trophy is on the line between Army and Navy. That is, in fact, what will be up tomorrow but cannot wait for this thing to kick off again it'll be seen you can be seen on cbs the 87th meeting here in philadelphia and the 118th all-time meeting between these two schools a series that navy leads 60 to 50 to 7 that is the all-time series record and navy leading this series also here in philadelphia 44 38 and 1 they are also 10 and 0 in games played against the Black Knights at Lincoln Financial Field. So Navy certainly courtesy of that 14-game winning streak, you know, the last several years, the longest in the history of this rivalry, that winning streak coming to an end last year as the Black Knights snap Navy's 14-game winning streak with a 21-17 victory uh, in Baltimore. But you can be sure that the Mids are going to come out firing tomorrow with all cylinders, guns ablaze, and led by quarterback Zach Aby. So we're going to break down the matchup, kind of get into some of the X's and O's, some of the statistics and everything here in just a little bit. But when we come back, we're going to talk with USA, or excuse me, the Wounded Warrior Project. We're going to talk with the CEO, Mike Lennington, again, from the Wounded Warrior Project, live when we come back right here on Yards and Stripes from the Philadelphia Convention Center in downtown Philadelphia. We'll be right back. All right, back live here on Yards and Stripes, Bryce Atkinson, and about to be joined is putting on the headset right now, Mike Lennington, the CEO of the Wounded Warrior Project, and honored to be joined by him to talk about uh, what the Wounded Warrior Project does for veterans around the country who have so valiantly served our country. Uh, just real quickly, we are live from two until from now until two p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you miss any of this, we'll have the podcast up in just a little bit, so never fear. Everything you need to get ready for the 118th Army-Navy football game is found right here on Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football as we brought you through the entire 2017 college football season. Going to get more into the X's and O's, talk about these two teams, the matchup tomorrow, but let's go ahead and talk with Mike Lennington, the CEO of the Wounded Warrior Project, has over 35 years of military experience and leadership to this organization. Mike, welcome in. Thank you so much for the time here uh, on Yards and Stripes. Thanks, Price. Great to be here. This is a big week, obviously, for Army and Navy. And uh, I'm just thrilled that uh, many of our wounded warriors will be attending the game tomorrow courtesy of USAA, and I just can't thank USA enough for that and for inviting us to be here. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, as we talk about, I want to get a lot of information about the Wounded Warrior Project because what we do here on Yards and Stripes, Service Academy Football, Army, Navy, and Air Force all season long, that's the only college football we touch is the three service academies. So you're talking to an audience of now of, of folks that have maybe kids that are playing at a school that may have played themselves, you know, service men and women who are active duty, who are reservists. I mean, that is, this is strictly your audience right here. So I want to make sure everybody gets more information and how they can help the Wounded Warrior Project as we talk with Mike Lennington. But just talk about the work you guys do serving veterans 
who have come home, who have who have suffered sometimes injuries that are unimaginable. Some That's are right. smaller in nature, but regardless, it does not matter what it is. You guys are there to help, Mike. We are, and that you brought it up. You hit the nail really on the head, Price. I mean. We are a nonprofit veteran service organization that provides direct programs and services for wounded service members that have served since 9-11. Having been in the Army for 35 years and just retired a few years ago, with a couple years at the Academy, by the way, we didn't didn't beat Navy the years I was there, but (laughs) was certainly happy to see Army break the string last year. I mean, what happens after the game? What happens after these young men and women graduate and go lead troops in combat? Right. uh, Both Navy, Air Force, Marine Corps, and Army. I mean... Um, really, that's what's most important. And, and the commitment you'll see on the field of friendly strife tomorrow is the same commitment to leading our troops in combat that follows after they graduate. So I couldn't be prouder of both schools. And I certainly uh, couldn't be prouder of these young men and women choosing the academy. They could have gone anywhere they want. As you know, these are bright, these are bright young men and women, and they chose a life of service. So I couldn't thank them enough for choosing what they do. And I can't thank them enough for what they will do after graduation leading in some very tough conditions. Absolutely. As the war on terror, it, it is something that just continues, and I don't think it's ever going to stop in the day and age we just simply live in now, Mike. But, you know, these kids that are going to be playing, and I call them kids, you know, they're young men, uh, they're adults, but they're going to be playing on this field tomorrow. And you're very likely you're going to have one, two, maybe more, we, we cross our fingers and we pray not, but are going to come home with some kind of injuries that I, when I worked at the Naval Academy, there were, I lost several guys that played on the football team that were serving and, and, and obviously gave the ultimate sacrifice. But these are ones that, that very well, you guys are going to be helping when they come home from the field. Yeah. And that's, if I can leave one thing with your audience today, I just want to leave that we are there for them, for you. If you're a, if you're a veteran and you've served since 9-11 and you are having difficulty uh, achieving or accessing care through the VA, give us a give us a shot, give us a call. Um, call us anytime. One triple eight WWP alum. We'll we'll take your call and we can vector you to the services and programs that might be able to help. And if we can't help, we'll certainly send you places that can. And we have very close relationships with the VA in providing for both the physical and invisible wounds of war. And as as you brought up price many of the uh, signature wounds of this war are the invisible wounds post-traumatic stress right. and traumatic brain injury and more than half of the resources we get uh, donated by the american public go to healing the invisible wounds of war uh, for this generation of servicemen and women so thank thank you for everyone supporting us absolutely and again we're talking with michael lennington ceo of the wounded warrior project at 1980 graduate of the U.S. Military Academy in New York, and you you can check them out, woundedwarriorproject.org, also on Twitter, at WWP based out of Jacksonville, Florida. And one of the things you guys do, you know, you're providing pre- free programs and services to address the needs of wounded warriors and fill in gaps in government care. And this is certainly, you know, something where you guys, it's not where you got to pay to walk in the door. Look, they've, these service men and women have already paid our country and that's keeping our, us safe and keeping freedom, which we know is not free. Talk about some of the things that you all do to help veterans. You mentioned, you know, PTSD, you mentioned, you know, injuries. What are the, some of the things that the Wounded Warrior Project and team members do to help care for our veterans? We provide services in four areas. First is connection events. We provide opportunities for warriors to get together, 
in locations all around the country. And we have offices in 25 different locations. Yep. Get warriors together in groups because we know in groups is where the healing starts. Just as men and women serve in groups, in units around the world, we know that recovery best starts Absolutely. when you have your brothers and sisters on your left and right. So we provide engagement events. Yep. So we connect warriors with each other. We then serve them through a variety of programs oriented on physical and mental health and wellness. We, we provide benefits counseling and we provide independent services for the most grievously wounded in their home. And then we provide opportunities to connect warriors with jobs, with employers, getting warriors back on their feet, healed and into jobs is really what we call living the logo, the logo of the warrior carrying, carrying each other. And then, and then finally, um, we, we, we get warriors in a position where they can then give back. Uh, lead peer support groups, participate in peer support groups, and mentor other warriors. That's all part of the cycle we provide as an augment to what the VA provides. Again, the VA is much, much larger than we ever will be. So we're really just filling in the gaps for the government. Right. And as you mentioned, a, a nonprofit, you guys are based in Jacksonville, but you have what state chapters all over. We the have country. offices in 25 different locations. We got one here in, uh, in Philadelphia. We've got, got one in Pittsburgh, New York, um, Fayetteville, uh, 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 North Carolina, Texas, California, uh, Kansas, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, all over the country. And we provide services and programs in all 50 states and in, in Puerto Rico. So uh, we, in fact, we have 750 wounded service members, uh, our alumni in Puerto Rico that we're today providing services and programs to as a result of the hurricane. So we, we, are, a, we are a large nonprofit organization but not nearly as big as the government, obviously. Um, and we partner with lots of others in this space. What is it that you might want to tell our listeners right now that something they may not know about the Wounded Warrior Project that you would want them to know, that whether it's a misconception, something they just don't know that you guys provide, um, ways that people can help? What is, what is something that That's a great question. Two things I would say is our serv- the programs and services we provide in those areas I just mentioned, mental and physical health and wellness, independence program, and, and, uh, and many of our other programs are at no charge to the warrior and the warrior's family and at no cost to the government. We don't take government money. This is all based on the generosity of the American public right. that provide us the ability to what we do. The second thing I would say is for the listeners is treatment works. So for warriors that are in isolation, veterans that are out there that have served, that feel like for whatever reason, they don't feel like they can get what they need through the VA or right. they don't feel like they're deserving of what the government provides. Give us a call. We're there for you. We'll answer your call. We'll provide, we'll, we'll vector you to the, to the programs and services or other organizations that might be able to help and where we can help, we'll obviously provide referrals to other organizations that can pick up the, pick up the slack and make up the difference. So uh, our website, again, is woundedwarriorproject.org. Our phone number is www.alum, 1-888-WWP-ALUM, A-L-U-M. Uh, our operators are standing by during the duty day and can answer any of our veterans' calls that give us a call. Absolutely. As we begin to wrap up with Michael Lennington, the CEO of the Wounded Warrior Project, just honored to be joined by him and certainly from all of us. Thank you so much for your service to our country, to our flag, to our nation. And one thing out the door, you know, you guys, 
accept donations, you know, need help. How can people, whether it's donating money, maybe it's by volunteering and getting involved in local chapters, how can people donate and help contribute to the Wounded Warrior Project? So our website does have a donate button, and, okay. it, and it is the giving season. I'm very grateful for those that do support the programs we provide to our wounded service members, their families, uh, and their caregivers. And there are other opportunities to get involved locally in the communities that we have offices. Mm-hmm. So if, uh, if folks want to get involved, go to the website, link up with some of the, some of the volunteer opportunities that are there. And then we're going to be, uh, we're going to be um, unveiling a, uh, a peer-to-peer organization in January that I ask folks to stay in touch with. A lot to, a lot to come there, yeah. but uh, the best events we do are events where we, we, um, we do solicit input and support from, uh, from local partners. All right, last question. Maybe, maybe not the most important, but maybe to some, give us a, a winner prediction on the game tomorrow as you've got some, obviously, the deep roots at West Point. Is it going to be two in a so, row? Is it so, going to be a streak of their, uh, your own? I'm going to say 2-0, and o, a sloppy game, a cold, wet game. I'm going to pick Army 24, Navy 21. Wow, another close 24, one. 24-21. Another close one. How about that turnaround by, by Coach Jeff Munkin? But I know you guys, that win last year was something just to uncork that thing. It was just obviously very special. Watching the Corps of Cadets storm the field uh, was, was pretty incredible and – had I been younger, I would have stormed the field as well. <laughs> it but was a, a long drought, finally. It was, it was amazing, Mike, to be on that field last year, to see the – it's hard to even emotion. put the word – the emo- emotion. Emotion is the only thing you can say because there were obviously double pumpers. There was hugs. There was cheering. There was, you know, headstands. But I saw cadets crying, crying because it was over – tears of joy. I mean, I mean, it was like the kaleidoscope of emotions you saw from the core cadets last year. But just the sheer power of the emotional energy was something I've never felt on an, an athletic field or a court or any kind of sport field whatsoever. It was amazing. Mike. That's what makes this game so special uh, and why I'm so proud of both these teams, all of our academy teams, as you mentioned. You're, you're the Academy Radio Network. Uh, these, the, the academies do amazing things. And again, as, as I said, these folks, these young men and women could go anywhere they want. They chose a life of service and they chose to go to the military academy. So I take my hat off to them. Absolutely. And I thank them for their service. No doubt about it. Mike Lennington, the CEO of the Wounded Warrior Project. Mike, just thank you thanks, so very Christ, much. Very much. Again, thanks for having me on. Thanks for your service to our country. All right, sir. Thank you. That's Mike Lennington, the CEO of the Wounded Warrior Project. Again, check them out online, woundedwarriorproject.org. You can donate right there, find out much more information. Also, you can check them out on Twitter at WWP. More information about the Wounded Warrior Project based in Jacksonville, Florida, and certainly, as Mike mentioned, state chapters or areas, local chapters around the country, more than 25, helping veterans and their families. All right, we'll step away from Radio Row here at the Philadelphia Convention Center, site of the 118th Army-Navy game, downtown Philadelphia. When we come back, we'll hear from Coach Niamatololo, the Navy midshipman, on what he thinks about this upcoming matchup with the Black Knights right here on Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football. All right, welcome back into Yards and Stripes. Bryce Atkinson, appreciate everybody tuning in here. Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football, as we have done all season since back in August. 
want to thank our listeners once again. If you are tuning in live right now, if you are listening to this podcast on your way up to Philadelphia, uh, whether it's this afternoon, Saturday morning, whenever, wherever, it is all about you guys, our listeners. You are what have helped us grow from something from its complete infancy to where we've got it as we are live on Radio Row here at the Philadelphia Convention Center in downtown Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, getting ready for the 118th Army and Navy game tomorrow. America's game. Cannot wait to kick this thing off tomorrow at 3 p.m. on CBS. This should be another good one that is down to the wire. I fully expect it. I'll give you my pick on the game here in just a little bit, but as we kind of turn the page and start looking at some of the, at the teams and you know hearing from the coaches, as you heard from Army head coach Jeff Munkin just a little bit ago, we're going to hear from Coach Ken Niamatololo, who was put in a pretty unique position last year, a position he had never been in since becoming the head coach at the Naval Academy, and that was to address a locker room of midshipmen immediately following the game against Army where he had to give a speech about a, a game that they dropped. And the 14-game winning streak comes to a halt last year as the Black Knights, they get away uh, from Navy. Navy comes back in the football game, but Army retakes the lead, and basically they just finish out the clock uh, as they get a 21-17 victory over the midshipmen last year. But Coach Niamatololo put in that tough position. It was a feeling as we talked to him earlier in the preseason and, and certainly up at the, the Air Force-Navy game. You know, it's just continued to talk about that feeling that has lingered within the coaching staff and the locker room. They don't want to feel that again. But this is an Army football team that comes in with a lot of momentum. Again, 8-3, and three, had a six-game winning streak snapped in their last time out against North Texas. It was an absolute shootout against the, the Mean Green, but the Army Black Knights, they fall. Still coming into this game with a lot of momentum. Let's go ahead and hear from Navy head coach Ken Niamatololo about the turnaround that Army and Coach Jeff Munkin have engineered up at West Point. Uh, really excited, you know, really excited. I, I loved our energy today. You know, obviously, we got two weeks to get ready for our biggest game of the year and just encouraged by what I saw. Today. Really impressed. You know, they've done a nice job. You know, Coach Munkin and the staff done a really good job. They've finished games, you know what I mean? They've been in games. They've given themselves a chance to win, taking care of the rock. Really impressed by what I've seen on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. Offensively, you know, I mean, with Bradshaw, you know, both of their fullbacks, and, well, I mean, they're in their A back. I mean, they're doing a really good job. Uh, Lions coming off the ball. You know, Coach Spencer used to be here. He's a phenomenal uh, O-line coach. And I think Coach Bateman is one of the best defense coordinators in the country. Does a really good job against conventional people, and does a really good job against option guys. I mean, he's Really good football coach. I think it shows to what, like I said, what Army's done in their program, you know, how they've elevated their program. And to play for, I mean, just to play Army is a big deal. To play for the Commander Chief trophies makes it more special, like I said. And that's Navy head coach Ken Niamatololo talking about Jeff Munkin's team. Jeff Munkin, who was a former assistant with Ken Niamatololo at the Naval Academy under Paul Johnson. So a lot of roots there, especially on that Army staff, as you've got uh, Todd Spencer, offensive line coach, who was at the Naval Academy as well. Uh, you know, Coach Mitch Ware, the quarterback's coach at Army West Point. You know, you've got roots up there it, on the Hudson that trace back to the lineage and the success started by Paul Johnson 
there at the Naval Academy before he left and went off to Georgia Tech, continued by Coach Niamatololo in his staff. Let's talk a little bit about the Army Black Knights right now is both teams employed the triple option. Clearly, we all know that. But, you know, Army a little bit more of a downhill team offensively with the triple option. Really, certainly everything begins and ends with senior quarterback Ahmad Bradshaw out of Chicago. Everything begins with their single, the Army, the now Army single season rushing leader, 1,472 yards for the senior out of the Chicago area in Ahmad Bradshaw. And as I mentioned, that's where this whole thing begins and ends for the Black Knights. When obviously triple option, you think quarterbacks, they're the ones pulling the strings. But the type of year that the senior has had for Army, he, he read a great article in the Chicago Tribune the other day just talking about uh, Bradshaw to feature how much he loves to play chess. And, you know, he's always thinking several moves ahead. And when you run the triple option, He's always thinking several moves ahead when it comes to the play calling with Coach Munkin. And, you know, as, as Bradshaw and company, you know, he's rushed. I think he's fourth in the country in yards per carry, over seven yards a carry right now as he's rushed for a team high, tied for a team high, 11 touchdowns this year for the Black Knights, 7.8 yards per tote by Bradshaw. That's really where this thing begins and ends. But really, as I mentioned, downhill. Navy more of a perimeter option team where they like to get the ball on the outside, not so much more fullback dive anymore, really utilizing the speed, the playmakers of guys like Malcolm Perry, Josh Walker on the edges. But with the Black Knights, you look at what they've done. It's really in the middle. Darnell Wolfuck, the junior fullback, uh, 668 yards, excuse me, the senior, uh, 668 yards this season, five and a half yards per carry, tied with Bradshaw, for the team lead with 11 touchdowns this season. And and a guy that can't be underestimated is Andy Davidson. As Darnell Wolfuck was out for a little while mid-season with the foot injury, Andy Davidson, the junior, comes in and just, I mean, he picks right up where Wolfuck left off as Davidson over 500 yards this season. You know, when you put those two guys together, they do it by committee at fullback, Darnell Wolfuck and Andy Davidson. Those guys well over uh, a thousand yards this season combining for 15 touchdowns but the the black knights did not miss a single beat when Wolfuck went out, Davidson comes in, a guy that really has played, started a lot of his career uh, in Davidson, and the Black Knights, they just don't miss a beat. The big thing I think about Army this year is one thing that makes them different than maybe in years past, where, as I mentioned, more of the downhill option. But they've got a guy now, especially on the outside, a guy by the name of Kel Walker, the sophomore. We've talked about him. He got a game ball earlier this year. Everybody knows about Kel Walker, 7.3 yards per carry for the slot back. They, they call him a slot back wide receiver. You can really call him a lot of things, but third on the team in touchdowns with six this year, uh, the sophomore out of Decatur, Georgia. And he's a guy that reminds you of some of the players that the midshipmen have had over the years, the Reggie Campbells, the Malcolm Perry's on this team, uh, the Zerbin Singletons, a guy on the outside at slot back that can make plays, whether it's in the passing game 
are on the pitch. And Kel Walker is a guy that Army has not had. And that, to me, folks, is a testament to the recruiting of Coach Jeff Munkin and company with what they have done going out and getting kids uh, that can make those type of plays like a Kel Walker. Kel Walker, who had a big day. You talk about maybe the most surprising result, in my opinion. We've talked about it all year on Yards and Stripes. But the most surprising result to me of this entire season of any of the three teams, but specifically the Black Knights, is that 21 to nothing win out at Air Force where they went and shut out the Falcons for one of the first times going back to the early 90s, first time they had been shut out. An incredible effort by the Army Black Knight defense. But Kel Walker was a guy that had a big afternoon in that ballgame out in Colorado Springs. As Walker, he finished the game uh, with 67 yards rushing, but more importantly, two of Army's three touchdowns in the upset over uh, the Air Force Falcons. So, again, Army just 8-3 and three overall, just coming into this. One of the other big things about the Black Knights this year, you look at what they've done in close games. Now, Jeff Munkin talked about in 2015, his second season, when they only won two games, a lot of people didn't believe him at the time, said this is really, we're close. This is where the turnaround really began. I believe that. A lot of people did not believe uh, Coach Munkin as they, in 2015, they lost seven games by a touchdown or less. But you know what, folks, since, since the 2015 season, starting in 2016, the Army Black Knights have now won six of eight games decided by a touchdown or less. That's getting it done in close games. And the Black Knights have done it in close games once again this year, time and time again. So uh, it's when you got to you got to grind it out. You got to find the ways to win the close ones. That's something that Navy has been able to do over the years. That's actually something the Navy has not been able to do is close out some games this year. That's one reason. Another reason I think Army is a favorite in this football game. I'll give you my prediction at the very end, folks. But right now, and kind of surprisingly, Navy a three point. Last I checked a three-point favorite over the Black Knights. Still hard to believe, but we will see how this thing plays out. But the Army Black Knights led by Ahmad Bradshaw and that Army defense just have got the done, job done all season long. I think they're poised for another big day tomorrow. It is going to be a lot of fun over there. Just not too far from us as we're located right here at the Philadelphia Convention Center, Lincoln Financial Field. Not too far away at all. Probably you know, a couple miles as we sit here on USAA's Radio Row. But we've got a whole lot more in store for you this afternoon, live from Radio Row here in downtown Philadelphia. we got Scott Wyckoff, who is the pregame host on the Navy Radio Network, going to talk a little bit with Scott Wyckoff coming up here at, at 1 o'clock, just a few, about five minutes after we take this upcoming break. we got Rick Neuheisel from uh, Sirius XM, the former college football head coach, as I see him making his way down Radio Row right now. And then we will also talk with the folks at USAA who have put this on. I'm a USAA customer. They are the presenting sponsor of Radio Row. Uh, I've got several insurance through USAA, so just appreciate and I know a lot of our listeners, USAA customers as well. So we'll talk with them just briefly about their continued partnership with the Army-Navy game and Radio Row here. But again, Price Atkinson live here on Yards and Stripes Service Academy Football. We will be right back from Radio Row. We'll step away and come back with Hour 2 as we are live until 2 o'clock here on Yards and Stripes. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back in to Yards and Stripes. Price Atkinson, Service Academy football here 
as we are talking with Scott Wyckoff, the pregame host on WBAL, the Navy Radio Network, the flagship station of the Navy Radio Network, WBAL, out of Baltimore. You can follow Scott on Twitter at Scott Wyckoff, W-B-A-L, one of the most active, one of the best. <laughs> uh, I'm serious, Scott. I say that honestly. I friend. try. I try. I, I thank you for the love. You know, if you like uh, Military Academy football, especially if you like Navy football, if you like thoroughbred horse racing, the Triple Crown, of course, the Freakness in Baltimore, and uh, just general cool stuff uh, in and around the Mid-Atlantic region, uh, I guess I'm uh, the guy to, to check in with on Twitter. But, uh, Price, you also very active and uh, – very cool for me because my son, my oldest son, is a Clemson graduate. Yep. So I've spent a lot of time uh, down at Clemson, and uh, I was uh, honored one time after a Clemson football <laughs> game. I went back to the SO Club, yep. and I was just sitting there, and a guy befriended me. I didn't know he was the owner. Next thing I know, I'm signing a hat, and I got a hat up on the wall next to Chip <laughs> Kelly at, uh, at one of the great watering holes in Clemson. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. This is Scott Wyckoff from WBAL in uh, Baltimore, the flagship station of Navy football, uh, does the pregame show for the midshipmen. Going to have a uh, two-hour pregame show tomorrow from noon to two. We'll let him tell you a lot more about that. And then they've got a two-hour special tonight from 8 to 10 back home in uh, Baltimore on WBAL. So if you want to check that out, please, by all means, do it. As our uh, Yards and Stripes listeners just craving Service Academy football, Scott, as yeah. we do Army, Navy, and Air Force. We've done it all year long. Check us out on Twitter at Yards and Stripes uh, and certainly on Facebook at Yards and Stripes as well. So, you know, Scott, let's talk about this Navy team. Talked in the last yeah. segment a good bit about the Black Knights and maybe some of the ways they differ from Navy and, and kind of – Bradshaw, uh, Davidson, Wolfhook, the guys in the middle, that really more of a downhill option team. Is Navy a little bit more of an outside? We all know Zach Avey, Bradshaw. I mean, when it comes to triple options, it's all about the quarterback. But right. Navy's got that outside and has always had the guys like Zerbin Singleton, the Reggie Campbells, uh, the Malcolm Perrys, the playmakers at slot back. So let's talk about this Navy offense and where they're at. Been well, banged up this year, but getting yeah, a little bit healthier. And you mentioned Malcolm Perry, and I think uh, we're going to see a whole lot of Malcolm Perry in this game. And I think we're going to see a whole lot of Malcolm Perry under center. And I think uh, for a number of reasons, one of the reasons is Kenny Amatololo says that Malcolm Perry is the most dynamic ball carrier they have had at Navy in the 20 years he's been there. 10 years as an assistant coach, 10 years as a head coach. And there have been a lot of good ball carriers at the Naval Academy over yep. the, those two decades. He says he is the most dynamic runner they've had. And he says they just want to get the ball in his hands. So an example of that, he plays uh, slot back all season long except for the SMU game. The team was on a slide. They needed a win. They put him in at quarterback. No one knew. They kept it a secret. The only people who knew were the folks from Showtime that were doing a season with Navy football because they get the, the, the right, behind-the-scene right. access in the meetings. And all he did was run for 284 yards, an American Athletic uh, Conference record, and set the world on fire. But at the end of the game, he also got a high ankle sprain. And... Mm. They were coming up against Notre Dame after that. And everyone's thinking, boy, you know, this is going to be the guy that's going to take him to the next level. He's got that outside speed, still good between the tackles, uh, like Zach Aby is uh, between the tackles. But Zach Aby didn't have that outside speed. Right. So what happens is I think they were looking down the road to the Army-Navy game. Yeah. Say, you know, it's going to be a great game against Notre Dame. They almost beat Notre Dame. But, you know, it's the Commander-in-Chief's trophy. It's this game, the game of the season, and I think it's worked out 
you know, I think they would have liked to win a few more games down the stretch. But I think setting up for this game with two weeks to prepare. Yeah. And, you know, I might be totally off base. We might look out there and see all Zach A.B. And then if we see Zach A.B. under center, then that means the slot back will be Malcolm Perry. But I think we're going to see a lot of Malcolm Perry, a quarterback. And uh, I think it's going to I, uh, I, I talked to a couple people and actually heard Rick Neuheisel, uh, our former. We know him as the former Ravens offensive coordinator. <laughs> Everyone else knows him as a great yeah. college coach. Yep. But he was uh, with Brian Billick for a couple years in Baltimore. Um he said, without a doubt, and Mike Mayock said the same thing from NFL Network, without a doubt, the most dynamic player on the field tomorrow will be Malcolm Perry. Yeah, and as we talked with Scott Wyckoff from WBAL in Baltimore, again, follow him on Twitter at Scott Wyckoff, WBAL, has the pregame show tomorrow on the Navy Radio Network from noon to 2 p.m. and a two-hour special tonight from 8 to 10 p.m. And you mentioned Malcolm Perry and talking about this. I mean, they, they nobody knew that it was coming, that he was going to be under center against SMU, and a little bit of that had to do with probably the injury to A.B., but... We expect him to, as you mentioned, you expect him to play some quarterback yeah. tomorrow. How how interchangeable do you think we might see him at quarterback with A.B. coming in to play several, you know, several snaps? You might move Perry uh, you know, back to his natural slot back. I mean, yeah. he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Sure. He can run it. He can do it all. How much do you think they might try and mix a lot. this up? To I think they lot. I think they'll yeah. do it situationally. I think if they need uh, – I think if it's third down and they need you know, two yards or a yard, I think you'll see Zach A.B. I think on first down and second down – um, I think you, you'll, you'll see a, a Malcolm Perry. Um, I mean, he's had runs of 92 yards, 92 yards this season for touchdown, back-to-back yep. runs like that in two different games. But Zach Aby has had big touchdown runs, too. The interesting thing is that it just kind of happened that Zach Aby and everyone in Annapolis thought it was a targeting hit when, when, when he got hit in the helmet going into a pile. And then he had the concussion, and they started to move some things around. But like you say, I, I do think it's an interchangeable thing. And I think they've had enough time in the two weeks leading up to this game yeah. to prepare Malcolm Perry. But here's the deal with Malcolm Perry. As good as he's been as a slot back this year, this is the first time he's ever played slot back. He came to Navy as a quarterback and was the fourth string quarterback last year in the opening game against Fordham. Right. They lost to uh, Two quarterbacks, so that's Taco Smith, and then they brought in Will Worth, and then there was the concern that they might be down another quarterback. He was with the brigade of midshipmen in the right. stands. Of yep. course, all the military academy fans know that all the students go to the games, the home games. So he's sitting there in the stands. Ken Niamatololo had to send the equipment manager up <laughs> to get him. Then, because the stadium is just a little off campus in Annapolis, yep. they had to go back to campus and get his equipment at Ricketts Hall and bring it back and get him dressed. And he ended up getting in the game against Fordham at quarterback. Right, right. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. He was in the, he was in the, he was standing with the brigade yeah. and they pulled him out of the stands. But, you know, you mentioned quarterbacks and we, it, it, it goes without saying, Ivan Jasper is one of the best in the business mm-hmm. in preparing, yes. uh, especially on a short week, yes. you know, when they've had injuries. And that's something that Navy has dealt with the last several years at quarterback, um, having to get numerous guys ready. I mean, basically down to a third string, Zach Aby, starting the Army-Navy game. Imagine a, a kid right outside of Annapolis who grew up there. dreamed of crazy? Play, dreamed of playing for the midshipmen. His first ever start <laughs> is a, in the Army-Navy. I mean, I just can't imagine the pressure Aby dealt with. But, you know, Jive and Jasper get quarterbacks ready like I mean he's one of the very best 
How, what has this been like for this Navy team? What's going on with Jaron Jasper, his son, juggling this at this week at practice? He had to miss, I believe, Wednesday's workout. Yes. Just a very, very tough situation. But Kenny, as always, he says family first. What's this been like for the Navy? Yeah, uh, Ivan uh, has been at the Naval Academy for going on 20 years now yep. as the uh, offensive coordinator in the most uh, recent years of that and quarterbacks coach. And his son, uh, freshman in high school, was going through his um, – uh, getting ready to play in high school and you have to get your uh, go to the doctor and get your physical and yep. everything, the physical side on, and they found they had something wrong with his heart. Well, yep. lo and behold, they found out he needs a heart transplant. That was early this summer. So all through the summer practices and now through the season, they've been up against it with their son waiting for a heart transplant. And this last week, there was a little bit of a complication, uh, just almost a, a logistical medicine type thing. Mm-hmm. And that meant that Ivan had to leave some of the practices, yep. um, which the great thing about that is that the staff has been together so long at the Naval Academy that they just moved someone else in and right. they were able to pick up uh, where he left off. Uh, it sounds like everything's stabilized now and that we'll see Ivan tomorrow, which is great news yep. uh, that he'll be here. And uh, But the thing is, like you, you mentioned, he's kind of like the guru. He can take and mold. And and the things he's loved with Malcolm Perry is that Malcolm Perry is a natural quarterback. Right. So he handed him off to the running back coaches. Right. So he said, running back coaches, <laughs> turn him into a running back. But when I want him back at quarterback, he'll be mine. I think the biggest concern this season on offense for the Naval Academy has been the inability to get to the edge yeah. on offense. They, they and, and it's nothing against Zach Abey. He is so good running up the middle, but they just have not been able to get to the edge on a consistent basis. Right, right. And that's been the biggest concern. And with their record this year, the little bit of the slide at the end of the season, the one thing all the coaches will say is they haven't played a complete game yet, yeah. and that's part of it, getting the ball out on the edge. Yeah. Well, that's Scott Wyckoff, the pregame show host for the Navy Radio Network, WBAL, the flagship station. Again, follow uh, Scott on Twitter, at Scott Wyckoff, WBAL. Scott, just appreciate the few minutes. It's always great to see you in person. I just don't get to see you yeah. often <laughs> enough, my friend. Well, I'm glad you're a, a fan of the service academies. You get to follow all my news about Naval Academy football and uh, a little bit of a horse racing fan, too, if you follow so that's fantastic. And uh, great to see you. Just want to say hello to everybody down uh, in Clemson. Wishing them the best of luck in the, in the college uh, playoffs. Fantastic people. I'm a lifelong northerner, but they made me feel at home for the four years my son was there. All right. Well, appreciate Scott Wyckoff. Scott, thank you so much. You're one of the best. Appreciate these few minutes. You bet. When we come back, we'll talk with Rick Neuheisel, Sirius XM college football analyst. Listen to those guys, him and Childers, all the time. When we come back, Rick Neuheisel right here on Yards and Stripes, your home for service academy. Academy football. All right, welcome back in to downtown Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Price Atkinson, host of Yards and Stripes Service Academy football, is we're getting you ready for the 118th Army and Navy game coming up tomorrow on CBS, 3 o'clock kickoff from Lincoln Financial Field. And as we get to you know, turn our attention to home here, again, we're live until 2 o'clock. If you missed any of this, you can catch it on the iTunes, Apple Podcasts, courtesy of our folks at RadioInfluence.com, our 2017 broadcast partner for Yards and Stripes. But we will get to more of that in a little bit. Let's get to the getting, and that's Rick Neuheisel, the Sirius XM college football analyst, Chris Childers, and you guys 
you know, every single morning I listen to you guys all the we time. We apologize. Uh, you guys, are, <laughs> you guys are a blast, Coach. And you know, I, we apologize, <laughs> or at well, least I apologize for my partner. That How's that? No need to apologize. The former head coach at Colorado, Washington, uh, UCLA, spent time in the NFL, and you know, Coach, as we get out of the gate here, you look at these two teams, and familiarity is one thing that these two teams, especially with coaches that have coached together. I don't know if you could find two teams that know each other any better. How do you? It's like ex- an inter-squad scrimmage. It is. How do you? How do you X and O a type of game like this when you know what each other does so well? You, you basically have to just be one step ahead, and you're. It's it's all what we call in coaching window dressing. Yep. You try to uh, create some different formations, whether it's unbalanced or what have you, uh, that the opponent hasn't seen, so that they have to play it base right line up in in a uh in a way that you now know how to attack because as you point out both these coaches are uh, disciples of paul johnson they've coached at uh georgia southern uh, at least jeff munkin has coached at georgia southern georgia tech and navy with paul johnson kenny niamatololo was on that navy staff and then when paul left to go to georgia tech kenny uh assumed the the role of head coach Mm -hmm. so this is uh couple of brothers knowing each other every well. So throwing punches is nothing new, nor is it new about how to defend those punches. So it'll be interesting. And what's also interesting, if you really just dive in into X's and O's here, right. is that both offenses basically try to just possess the football. You know, just recently, uh, Notre Dame uh, took Notre Dame to the wire. They got beat 31-24, but they had the ball for 42 yep. minutes and 42 seconds, nearly 43 minutes of the game yep. in a 60-minute game. A year ago, they used that same formula to beat Notre Dame 28-27. And we all know that the athletes on Notre Dame are superior, but that's but that's the way that this offense can control you. A year ago, Army, after 14 seasons of futility, found a way to possess the ball more than 40 minutes against Navy. Navy yeah. only had 36 plays in the game a year right. ago where they had 80 just a couple of weeks ago against Notre Dame. So it's, it's how you find ways to possess the ball, let that clock go off, and use the clock as a weapon. This is a really fascinating Army team. Eight wins, fabulous you know, quarterback, and Ahmad Bradshaw has got 1,472 yards. But they've played four games, guys, where they haven't completed a pass. Three of which were wins. Yeah, three and one in those games. It's amazing to me. As we continue with Rick Neuheisel from SiriusXM, college football analyst, former college head coach, UCLA, Washington, Colorado, had the Pac-12 covered there for a little while. Been booed or fired by everybody there. Yeah, that's right, Price. Well, you guys, you and Childers just do a great job. And, you know, the option, neither, especially Coach Munkin, you mentioned the four games where Army has not completed a pass, three of which were wins. Right. He is not shy about being honest with you and saying, look, we don't have the kind of talent with the, that most of our opponents do. We're going to try and shorten the game, and that's simply done by fewer possessions, where most teams in the NCAA offense, as Coach Paul Johnson always joked with me and called it, said, you know, all these teams run the NCAA offense, they're going to get the ball, what, 12, 13, maybe 14 times a game because they're just playing so fast. This is where, especially Army, but also Navy, they're content to maybe you only get the ball three times and a half. That's exactly right. And if you go back to that Army, uh, excuse me, the Notre Dame-Navy game a year ago where Navy won 28-27, each team got six possessions. Six possessions, that's all you get, so you're going to take care of it. And four downs, 
to have it. You know, when you right. get to that 50-yard line, you're much more likely to go ahead and get four downs because in this offense, you know you can churn out two yards if you hand it to that fullback or if you keep it and the quarterback follows on what we call a midline option right. play. You know, you, you say option football, but truthfully, there's so much more to it than just quarterback pitching to a to a wingback. Yeah. Uh, the, the course of the fullback changes, whether it's right down the center line of the center or if it's that B gap with the spot between the center and the guard reading that uh, out that down lineman, defensive lineman who sits in that B gap or outside. There's speed option where you try to get to the corner and have arc blockers and so forth to handle the perimeter and all the different encounters that come off of all that. That that uh, spells disaster. And again, if you don't have the ability to throw the ball with great accuracy or protect and you can just come off the ball because right. your offensive linemen are not as big as maybe the other guys because of the restrictions that are part of uh, admissions at both the Naval and, and uh, at West Point, Naval Academy and West Point, you, you have to do with it in another way. And this is a perfect way to get it done. And I hope uh, the rules who, you know, the rules try to make games safer, trying to get rid of cut blocks. Yep. That would be a death knell to this style of offense. And I hope for that reason it doesn't happen. Yeah, as we begin to wrap up with Coach Rick Neuheisel making the rounds here on Radio Row at the Philadelphia Convention Center. One thing I'm curious about, Coach, and, you know, we've, we've just kind of gone through another one of these coaching carousels. I mean, it's still probably spinning. We just don't see it right and in front of And then some, yeah. Yeah. When you look at Troy Calhoun, Ken Niamatololo, Jeff Munkin, I mean, three coaches at all three of these schools that have had immense success. How marketable is the triple option? And some of it you can call triple option, spread option, zone option. How marketable is that to some of these big power five schools? Because obviously they want to sell the tickets. But at the end of the day, it's about winning. Well, it's marketable. But there's a lot more ways to have triple option. And and truthfully, spread offense and the bubble screen is all and the world of run pass option, which now is being shortened to RPOs. Those are triple option offenses as well. These three coaches are all exemplary, whether it's Troy Calhoun at Air Force, whether it's Kenny Niamatololo at uh, Navy, whether it's Jeff Monken at Army. They're fantastic coaches, but they're also guys that kind of feel a, a call to service as well. Right. And so while they may get opportunities to go elsewhere, it would take a, a real, real calling for, I think, any of these guys to take that deal because I, I think they, they feel in some ways – that they're giving back to their country in, in, in what they're getting uh, to be a part of right. with these young people who now have made this ultimate sacrifice to go out there and, and be part of uh, our nation's armed forces. I, I, I think it's one of the coolest games in the country. Look forward to it on an annual basis, and I'm thrilled to be here talking about it. Well, I appreciate it, Coach. And before we let you go, uh, Rick Neuheisel, CBS Sports Network uh, college football analyst, give us uh, how do you think this thing plays out? Who's your winner tomorrow? How do you think the way this game shapes up, and who, who's the ultimate winner? Well, well, I know uh, Army's had a fantastic season, eight and three. I think Navy's uh, been victim of some turnovers, some some uh, turnover at at, uh, at the quarterback position because Zach Abey has been unable to stay healthy. Right. I think we're going to see Malcolm Perry, the kid who had the 284 yards rushing against SMU, a team that went seven and five in the right. American Conference. I think we're going to see Malcolm Perry. I think he's going to be the show, and I'm going to pick Navy tomorrow. There you go. 
coach Rick Neuheisel. That's Chicago. not that's not to tick off my I, friends in the army. No, 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 no. We don't want to make enemies because they we make know. you they make you make choices <laughs> in life, right? <laughs> well, Coach Neuheisel, I just thank you for a few minutes here. It's an honor listening to you guys all the time. Just thank you so much for uh, talking some college football and Army and Navy. It's going to be fun. And we thank you too, Price. Thanks a bunch. All right, that's Rick Neuheisel, college football analyst, CBS Sports Network, and Sirius XM. We'll step away. Got about 30 more minutes or so here from the Philadelphia Convention Center and Radio Row. Getting you ready for the 118th Army-Navy football game here on Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football. All right, welcome back in. Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football Coming to you live on TuneIn Radio, thanks to our 2017 broadcast partner, RadioInfluence.com. Jason, Jerry, thank you so very much for me to you. It's all because you guys and the work you guys do behind the scenes to have us sounding great up and running every single week, as I know our listeners every single week here on Yards and Stripes have enjoyed it. The feedback has been fantastic. Have enjoyed hearing from everybody on Twitter, on Facebook. Again, you can check us out at Yards and Stripes on Twitter at Yards and Stripes on Facebook. We're going to have a whole lot of photos. I'm going to have video, a lot of coverage here as we continue through the afternoon here on Radio Row and certainly all through the day tomorrow. Live stuff from the game, photos, video, all kinds of great sights and sounds bringing it to you here like we've done all season on Yards and Stripes. And again, if you miss any of this live show, we're going to have it up on the podcast here not too long after we go off the air. Just give us a little bit of time. We will have it cut. We will get it up and running. So you will be able to check it out and listen to it uh, on your way to the game. Get ready for the 118th Army-Navy game tomorrow. So as we're waiting for our next guest interview coming up here, the folks from USAA, the COO and the CEO, scheduled to pop by and, and talk with us for a few minutes about their partnership with this game. You know, I want to go ahead and get Coach Jeff Munkin in here again. You know, we talked with Coach Rick Neuheisel just a few minutes ago just about the familiarity these two teams have in the staffs with each other. Let's go ahead and hear from Coach Munkin who talks about just that very thing right now there are challenges um i i don't i don't know that you can just line up year after year and do the exact same things uh schematically in in all the phases and expect to have the results you want i think there's there's got to be the the things you do from from uh i guess they'd say a bread and butter standpoint what are the things we do best um what are the things we really believe in and and then what things can we tweak and change and and try to create some headaches for them, and I and I know that they're on the other side doing the exact same thing with us. And that's Coach Jeff Munkin right there talking about it and the familiar the familiarity these two teams and coaches have with each other. And and you've heard us talk with uh, the coaches from all these schools, you know, this season and others around the program. You know, like Coach Troy Calhoun, who we talked with back early in the season. These three teams. Army, Navy, and Air Force all have that familiarity with each other. They know what they're going to do. How do you overcome it? And we've had so many great guests here on Yards and Stripes throughout the season. I can't go back and remember who it was, but somebody, we were talking about it, and 
the familiarity, you almost have to pull a few punches. You have to pull out maybe a little bit of a rabbit. I think that rabbit tomorrow for Navy might be Malcolm Perry, the slot back going back under center. Is I don't think there's any doubt. In my opinion, the most dynamic player offensively on either team. I didn't say most accomplished. I didn't say most veteran, most experienced. I said the most dynamic because what Malcolm Perry can do under center as the quarterback as he came to Navy as a quarterback, was moved to slot back. He can catch the ball uh, out of the backfield as a receiver. He can obviously take it on the perimeter with the pitch. Malcolm Perry, that wrinkle possibly under center, again, that they the Navy employed in the win over SMU as Navy defeated the Mustangs and Coach Chad Morris now off to Arkansas on a last-second field goal. You know They employed that surprise. Nobody knew it was coming. What surprise might be in store? What might the Black Knights have tomorrow? The teams are ultimately going to do what they do, and what they do is is run the football, run the option. But typically, it comes down to maybe a wrinkle, maybe a little bit of a surprise. Ball control, who does not put the ball on the ground and give the ball away to the other team. And in addition to that, you know, it, it really is simply – which teams can throw the football a little bit because as, as Coach Neuheisel told you, and as I was going to get to here just a little bit, Army has played four games this year, four games where they have not completed a pass. Think about that. Four games where they haven't even completed a pass, three of which were wins. So that obviously tells you they're not playing from behind very often, but that also tells you that they don't really want to have to throw the football if they don't have to. Ahmad Bradshaw, the quarterback, says he's more than capable throwing the ball, but when it comes down to it, the guy's just not a throwing quarterback. And everybody knows it, but you ultimately are going to have to throw it to a degree to loosen up some of the some of the defenses on these teams. And, you know, Navy has got that ability. Zachary A.B. has got a strong arm. I mean, he's 6'2", 220 pounds. He's got a pretty good arm, though he has had thrown a couple interceptions this year. Uh, still, without a doubt, he is a more than capable thrower if they have to do it. So a lot of times you see these two teams have to do something maybe a little bit different. We know ball control is critical for any service academy, not turning it over as a game is shortened. And then certainly you got to be able to throw the football to a degree. All right, as we uh, continue to talk about this matchup, you know, Ahmad Bradshaw, who has won several game balls, especially after that Air Force performance, where it was a performance unlike most any other that we've seen this year. We saw, saw Malcolm Perry have go for almost 300 yards rushing, just shy of 300 yards rushing in his first career start this season. That was late, you remember, against SMU that we just talked about. But Ahmad Bradshaw... In the Air Force win out at Colorado Springs, 265 yards rushing for the senior out of Chicago, 11 and a half yards per carry. Uh, there is no question about it. I, I will tell you, the, the most valuable player, in my opinion, on either of these two teams, while I said dynamic is Malcolm Perry, to me the most valuable player is Ahmad Bradshaw. 1,472 yards rushing, the all-time single-season leader in that category. He ranks 10th all-time in rushing at Army. And now he needs just 116 yards in their final two games. Yes, I said two, not just today, as Army will be playing in in the Armed Forces Bowl. We know Navy's going to the Military Bowl. But Ahmad Bradshaw needs just 116 yards rushing in the next two games, tomorrow and in the Armed Forces Bowl against San Diego State, to pass Napoleon McCallum for the single-season 
rushing title amongst any of the service academies. So a lot on the table there for Ahmad Bradshaw, but I think he would tell you, forget the records. If he could just get two more wins, especially starting tomorrow against the midshipmen, that would be the perfect place to begin. All right, looking over at the midshipmen a little bit too. You know, we've talked a lot about Army. We're going to talk more about the midshipmen here as we move through this thing. And, you know, Navy right now, the way the season has transpired, it's so much Jekyll and Hyde to a degree because Navy starts off 5-0. and you know, As I mentioned earlier, we had John Feinstein, you know, a couple weeks ago. He and I were walking out to the, uh, the car after that game in Annapolis as Navy got a 48-45 win over Air Force, thinking, what in the world did we just see? That may have been one of the best college football game. I don't know if I've seen a college football game like we witnessed, but Navy was 5-0 and when, the, when the, the sun went down on Saturday, October the 7th. And then from there on, it's really been a downhill affair for the midshipmen as they haven't got blown out, played in a lot of close games, but have dropped five of their last six. Those include a three-point loss at Memphis, a 10-point loss against UCF in a game they had the lead where they lose Zach Abey uh, to a concussion, uh, falling to Temple by eight. I'd probably say in terms of the most surprising result for the midshipmen this year, it was that 34-26 to 26 loss at Temple because while the score shows you that Navy only lost by eight points in that game at Temple on that Thursday night, that was a game that was really a lot more in doubt than what the score tells you. It was really not that close. But still, only an eight-point loss at the end of the day. Uh, Navy gets a last-second field goal by rookie kicker first in his first game uh, to defeat SMU. But then the last two weeks, Navy had it against uh, Notre Dame there in South Bend. Uh, they just can't finish 24-17 to against Houston on Black Friday. Navy's got a big 14-7 lead at the half. They cough it up. It was Navy was a totally different team in the second half on Black Friday against Major Applewhite's Cougars. They fall 24-21. to My point is here, Navy has been so close, but they sit here at 6-5. and five. They will be going to the Military Bowl against Virginia, hosted, ironically, there in Annapolis at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium on the 28th to take on the ACC opponent. That one is on ESPN. Both these teams go in bowling, a lot more left to play for, uh, but it, when it comes down uh, to the Navy midshipmen, just not the consistency really has not been there. I think that's one big factor in this game is – the momentum that Army has built, yeah, they lost their last time out, but I feel like Army has a ton of momentum, even with that loss, and especially having broken the streak and the confidence like they got last year in knocking off Navy. I think that was massive, especially as we move forward. So we're going to continue moving forward for another 20 minutes or so live from Radio Row here at the Philadelphia Convention Center, downtown Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, site of tomorrow's 118th Army-Navy football game. When we come back, we're going to hear from Coach Niamatololo again and start kind of wrapping this thing up. I'll give you my prediction on tomorrow's game as we continue here live on TuneIn Radio. Thanks to our friends at RadioInfluence.com. We'll be right back here on the Army-Navy Preview Special. All right, back here at the Philadelphia Convention Center in downtown Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Price Atkinson, your host here on Yards and Stripes. And you know, about 15 more minutes as we start 
getting ready to wrap this thing up as tomorrow's 118th Army-Navy game going to kick off at 3 o'clock on CBS Sports. Got a lot of cool stuff. I hope that CBS, like they do a lot of times, will show a lot of the things that happen pregame because so much happens even three hours before a game. And most of you who are listening right now have been to an Army-Navy game. If you haven't, you know, the Corps Cadets, their march on will begin at 1215 uh, local time here in Philadelphia. The Brigade of Midshipmen will go 30 minutes later at 1245. And then you have the exchange of cadets and the midshipmen about 10 till 3 o'clock. The Golden Knights leapfrogs will leap into the game. National Anthem will be at about 3.05. And then the flyovers will be at 3.12 with the kickoff about two to three minutes later live on CBS. So it proved, it should be what would should be another outstanding football game tomorrow afternoon is right now we're all starting to kind of go maybe looking after we get off the air here a little bit later for a pair of snow boots is looking at some snow moving in here tonight maybe a dusting maybe up to an inch uh, late this late this evening but then tomorrow as we move through the game the last weather report i've gotten for the army navy game says it's going to be in about the mid 30s 35 36 degrees the high at Lincoln Financial Field, but the dreaded S word, possibly one to three inches of snow. So I got to tell you one thing, if there's anything more appropriate or any other game more appropriate to have some snow coming down, it's the Army-Navy game. It's special, but when you see some of the white flakes in the air, man, it gets really, really cool and a lot of fun. One thing I wanted to touch on is uh, we continue moving through. want to hear from uh, Coach Niamatololo. Uh, one, I think one more time. Actually, we'll save that for the next segment. Uh, wanted to hear from Coach Niamatololo one more time, uh, but we'll do that in the final segment. But one thing I wanted to touch on is I think everybody's seen them by now, but Navy makes the announcement uh, last week that they will be wearing, as they do every year, alternate uniforms, and those alternate uniforms next week or this or that they announced last week that will be warning the game tomorrow – Boy, how awesome are these Under Armour Blue Angel inspired uniforms? They are they they are awesome. Now, I wasn't a big fan of those yellow helmets last year. Uh, if it if it was more of the navy gold, I could deal with that. But I wasn't a big fan of those. But the the what I am a fan of is these Blue Angel inspired uniforms that Navy is going to wear uh, in the game tomorrow. I mean, certainly this game is steeped in tradition, uh, but w- one of the big traditions you have and when it comes to the United States Navy is the Blue Angels. And these helmets are blue. They've got a Blue Angel flying right down the middle of it, and you see a couple of them on each side. And then certainly uh, the blue, uh, the blue, more the blue angel as you see them flying. And obviously a lot of you folks have seen them before. You see them flying. Man, these things look really, really cool. I cannot wait to see what they look like in person. For the Army Black Knights, the Black Knights, in, when you talk about snow tomorrow, Boy, they could blend in, and it could be. You could have to only. You might only be able to tell. You know, they're uh, the Black Knights from the waist down, as they're going to. The Black Knights unveiled earlier this week some uniforms that pay tribute uh, to the Pando Commando Patch uh, and the uh, 10th Light Division uh, Alpine that was stationed in the, this part of the 86 and 87th infantry regiments, uh, from Pando, Colorado in July 13th, 1943. And these uniforms that the helmets in the jerseys are white. 
I don't know if I've ever can remember ever seeing uh, Army wear white uniforms and wh- especially white helmets. You see them wear them, you know, on the road, just a traditional white. But boy, these uh, these white helmets with the Army on the back in uh, the numerals, the white helmets with the U.S. Uh, on the front. Conquer the land, as Army Sports <laughs> tweeted of these uniforms. They are really, really neat. You know, sometimes these alternate uniforms, they get a little bit ridiculous. Teams try and get really, really cute, and they just don't quite live up to it. These that we're going to see tomorrow on the field at the Army-Navy game, but worn by both Army and Navy, I think are really, really awesome. I cannot wait to see what they look like in person. Again, if you want to follow us on Twitter, would love to have the follow at Yards and Stripes. On Facebook, give us a like at Yards and Stripes. You can check us out online, yardsandstripes.com. we got all our episodes right there. Certainly, subscribe via iTunes, the Apple Podcast. You can get us every single week on Stitcher, Google Play. Many, many ways to listen to us, all thanks to RadioInfluence.com, our 2017 broadcast partner, bringing yards and stripes to you every single week on typically on Wednesdays, but we tried to do something a little bit different this week, live from radio row here, uh, at the Philadelphia convention center. We're going to continue another 10 minutes, but I want to let everybody know some upcoming programming is we will do a podcast next week. We will wrap up the army Navy game. I'll have interviews from the field, from the locker room, post game, all the sight sounds that go down at the game tomorrow. And then I will do a bowl preview special coming up before uh, Army takes the field on December the 23rd against San Diego State. And then certainly before the Navy midshipmen, they take the field against the Virginia Cavaliers, that one on the 28th of December in Annapolis. But that bowl preview special, we'll bring it to you, probably have it out Uh, That will be out on Wednesday, December the 20th. So don't forget, you've got more Yards and Stripes coming. We might be winding down the regular season and get toward the postseason. But next week on the 13th, you will have another episode of Yards and Stripes wrapping up the Army-Navy game. Whatever happens tomorrow, whoever wins that Commander-in-Chief trophy, you're going to hear a whole lot about it next week. And then on Wednesday, December 20th, our bowl preview special as we preview Army and Navy, the two teams Air Force coming up short at 5-7. and seven. We will preview the midshipmen and Black Knights heading off to their respective bowl games. All right, we'll step away one final time. When we come back, give you my prediction on the game. We'll hear from Coach Ken Niamatololo one more time, live from the Philadelphia Convention Center, downtown Philadelphia, getting ready for the 118th Army-Navy game right here, live on Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football. All right, welcome back in. Price Atkinson here, alive, your host on Yards and Stripes Service Academy football as we get ready for tomorrow's game. Cannot wait. It is almost here. We, we began this thing, this journey all back together in August. I can't tell you, and I'll get into a little bit more of that, just how much fun I've had doing this, bringing this to you every single week. We will bring you this podcast. If you're listening live and have missed any of this, we will have it up live on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever it is that you listen to Yards and Stripes. Every single week, you can subscribe. Again, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play. You can listen to us at Yards and Stripes or on Radio Influence.com. Many, many ways for you to get us and appreciate if you subscribe. And then certainly, if you uh, give us a rating, rate us. 
Uh, tell us what you think, good, bad. I want your feedback. Whatever it is you think, what have you enjoyed about Yards and Stripes? It makes it easier to find uh, for others, especially that enjoy Army, Navy, and Air Force, or simply just college football in general. All right, we're going to go ahead and hear from Coach Ken Niamatololo one final time as he talks about uh, just how special this game in Philadelphia is, is where we sit right now ahead of tomorrow's game. Here's the Navy head coach, Ken Niamatololo, talking about the specialness of this game here in the city of brotherly love. You know, the city of Philadelphia, this has been a great place for us. We've been coming up for many years. Um, you know, we've been staying in the same hotel. Uh, the people that work there, you know, I mean, it's almost like family. We see them every year, and they're excited. You know, we're excited to see them. You know, so we thank you so much for that. You know, the Philadelphia Eagles, thank you. It was cool to see Jaws. I'm a big fan of yours. Uh, to see you talk, you know, just thank you for Philadelphia Eagles. And I think Jeff and I can kind of, we can definitely relate to this, especially as I meet, uh, you know, both John and Ahmad, just, and I know our kids, you know, talking about the Eagles being number, you know, 10 and 1, Carson Wentz is the man of character. And I've seen him in different things, listened to him talk. Obviously, he's a phenomenal talent, but just his character is impeccable. And being a coach at a service academy, I know how that is because I coach great kids. They are wonderful people. And so you can do the 40 times and vertical jump. You know what I mean? It just, uh, like I was talking to my, I've seen him on tape, unfortunately, too many times uh, the last couple of days watching him run. But I just met him downstairs. Just what a wonderful young man. And like I said, it's just the kind of guys we have. And that's Coach Ken Niamatololo talking about his team and, you know, uh, and the specialness of this game here in Philadelphia. And it really is special. I mean, there's just a different feel that this game, you know, has when it's in Philadelphia. And I'll tell you, as a guy who was in a, the official scorer for two of these four games, this game played here in Philadelphia it just feels right, and with all due respect, love Baltimore, love New York, love it when they're in different places and we do something different, but the game here in Philly at Lincoln Financial Field, it just feels right, the way this city embraces the Army-Navy game. The red carpet is rolled out. It's rolled out right here on Radio Row, presented by USAA, the title sponsor of the Army-Navy game, America's game. There's just no stone unturned. And I'll tell you, if you're listening, and I know most of our listeners have experienced this, and I will tell you also, not to leave the Air Force folks out, without a doubt, because anytime service academies match up against each other, we know that the Commander-in-Chief trophy is a part of those matchups. That's what these three teams all get ready for back and it really starts in the spring as soon as the season ends to be honest it's all about that commander-in-chief trophy and that certainly we know is what these two teams are playing for tomorrow the winner will take home the commander-in-chief trophy will it be army taking it home for their first time since 1996 will it be the midshipmen who have won 10 out of the last 14 commander-in-chief trophies so i I expect a game tomorrow that is just going to be one of those uh, down-to-the-wire affairs. You know, the, the last three games uh, they, they have been all been decided by seven points or less. In total, if you're scoring at home, a combined 15 points that these last three games combined have been uh, decided by. You know, but a lot on the line for Army. You know, Army is obviously going back to a bowl game. Uh, they're going to play in the Armed Forces Bowl December 23rd against San Diego State. But they're looking to win their first Commander-in-Chief trophy since 1996. First back-to-back -back wins 
uh, in this series since 95, 1996. They come into the game, do the Black Knights with eight wins for the first time since 96 when they were 9-1 and one and won this game 28-24. Uh, the midshipmen certainly, they're looking for another commander-in-chief trophy as they're getting ready to go off, and they will host uh, Virginia in the military bowl at home on December the 28th. So that's going to do it for us from here. As I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to take Army to get their back-to-back win first time since 95-96. I think Army wins the football game tomorrow. I think it's going to be 27-23. That's my prediction. Army beating Navy tomorrow, 27-23. All right, for Price Atkinson, that's going to do it for us here from the Philadelphia Convention Center. If you missed anything, the podcast will be up in just a little while. But thanks to Jerry, Jason, our our awesome team at RadioInfluence.com. Thank you so much for your support, guys. And thank you so much for tuning in to us live from our Army-Navy preview special in downtown Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. To get more info on all things Service Academy football, like Yards and Stripes on Facebook, and follow them on Twitter at Yards and Stripes. This has been Yards and Stripes on Radio Influence. Radio Influence brings you the absolute best in digital audio broadcasting. We've got something for everyone. Sports personalities like the fabulous sports babe, Rich Herrera, and former Major League Baseball manager Kevin Kennedy as they take you inside the dugout. We'll take you inside the world of MMA with the MMA Report with Jason Floyd, the MMA Insiders, and the Valor Hour with Tim Loy and Casey Oxidai. Or you could find yourself sitting ringside with wrestling ring announcer David Penzer. TV law enforcement analyst and former police officer Vincent Hill breaks down this week's biggest crime stories and takes you beyond the badge. Chef Brian Duffy from TV's Bar Rescue shares his crazy life on the road with Duffified Live. And Scott Ledger will always make you think with some dangerous conversation. All of Radio Influence's shows can be found on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com. 